0: We've got the votes and screw the rest of you. And Dr. Kavita Patel.
1: These might be some of the smaller moments, you know, with all the bombshells. Didn't catch people's eyes.
0: Hello and welcome to Words Matter. I'm Norm Ornstein. Every week, Kavita Patel and I talk about important issues facing the country. This week, Kavita is off in Spain for a conference. And so we thought about who could we get who would be a spectacular replacement for Kavita. And both of us immediately settled on the leader of the Nerd Avengers, of which I am a proud part the spectacular Mary Trunk. Uh,
1: Norm, that's incredibly sweet. First of all, it's wonderful to see you. I'm totally honored to be here. And let's face it, Kavita is irreplaceable, but I'll do my best.
0: Uh, you are irreplaceable as well. So uh, there's a lot to talk about, Mary, um, but uh, I, there are a couple of topics that I thought we ought to go over. Um, One is, and I think we'll do this second, the um, farce of a hearing yesterday in uh, the uh, House uh, uh, which they brought in their two prize whistleblowers um, who did not do a particularly good job, um, but uh, it was also farcical in other ways. And that included um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Um, showing in a House hearing pornographic pictures of Hunter Biden. And it turned out she also uh, sent them out in a newsletter uh, to her constituents and others. And uh, one of the things we might discuss is uh, whether she could be prosecuted. Uh, The District of Columbia has a pretty strict uh, rage porn uh, uh, statute, but it's the question of the speech and debate clause. That's a topic for later. The main topic, of course, is that once again the wagons are circling around your evil uncle, um, and we know that he we have charges forthcoming on January sixth and the broader attempt to overthrow the election. We also know that Fonnie Willis in uh, Georgia has already indicated that she wants to keep uh, the uh, first part of August available and charges are forthcoming there. And it sounds as if they're going to be for not just Donald Trump, but a lot more people around him, including very likely some of the lawyers uh, who were either in the room with him, like Cleta Mitchell, uh, when he made that infamous Perfect phone call uh, to Brad Raffensperger, um, but also uh, I suspect at the federal level and possibly even at the state level, uh, John Eastman and some others. Eastman, of course, on the verge of uh, was on the verge of uh, disbarred, um, and has uh, mm-hmm. uh, tried to find a an easier way out. Uh, and uh, then we had the Michigan case brought against uh, sixteen phony electors. Uh, so first, uh, just reflect a little bit on a, a whole series of questions about, uh, the charges that Jack Smith is going to bring. Of course, we're getting a lot of blowback from, uh, both sides about the timing of this. A lot of people on the left saying this is outrageous that it took so long. And of course the, uh, Donald Lickspittles, uh, saying, This is a conspiracy uh, as we enter the election campaign. What do you think?
1: Just another week in America. (laughs) Whew. It's just, it's a lot. It continues to be too much all the time (laughs) to take in, to process, to to, to live with. Uh, So I... I, this won't surprise you. I'm in the, it's taken too long camp. Not because Jack Smith has taken too long. What Jack Smith has showed us is that if you have the resources and the wherewithal to do your job, that it doesn't have to take that long. What took too long was getting Jack Smith on the job. Uh, And that continues to be something, especially as we're banging up against Uh, the election season, that continues to be a serious problem because if the election turns out to be the thing that makes it either uh, impossible to start the trial now or before the election, then that's, I'm sorry, that's down to Merrick Garland and we never should have been in this position. Um, I understand it it wasn't going to happen on January 7th or not, that would have been Ridiculous, because he wasn't aging. You know, it was too soon in February 2021, but to take almost two years uh, to get somebody in place, I I think we may well uh, rue the day that happened. Um, So I'm very eager to see um, how the two cases, and one, the documents case in Florida, and to the new January 6th case in DC play out concurrently because we're going to have two incredibly different, I'm I'm guessing, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna have two very different jurists overseeing these two cases. So hopefully one of them plus Georgia will stick. And quite honestly, I think in terms of the even though this might sound ridiculous since the documents case is, in my view, just so so devastating, uh, not just as a case, but in terms of American foreign policy and in terms of our allies' ability to trust us, et cetera. uh, I think in terms of the, um, in terms of public opinion, the January 6th case might be the more compelling of the two. Um, And the prosecutors have a track record already of getting charges and convictions and the lengthy, prison sentences Uh, so the the concern in terms of that stuff is the timing of everything but there's nothing we can do about that we just have to see how it goes really and hope that things fall in place uh given the fact that it seems jack smith and his team are, are just ready to go they are as prepared as anybody can be which is a great thing um the more in some ways the more troubling thing here is what you mentioned, which is the circling of wagons. We're now in a position where, seven years out from 2016, there's no division among the Republicans anymore vis a vis where the party's heading. They are perfectly willing either to stay silent about or openly support. Um, a candidacy that seeks to turn America into a dictatorship. And that's, that I think is, uh, something that the media cannot turn away from. They can't treat this as a normal candidacy. They can't treat this as a normal party. And, you know, what's so maddening here, Norm, is I feel like we were saying the same thing leading up to the 2020 election. And yet now things are much worse.
0: I'm afraid you're right, and uh, it, and this also goes beyond the treatment of Trump. The other day, Jake Tapper did an interview with Ron DeSantis, in which Ron DeSantis uh, repeated the libel that Democrats want to have abortions right up to birth and even after birth. Now, that is outrageous and false, and he got away with it. And what followed from it was at a subsequent point was a taped interview. Tapper went on air and said, we asked the Trump campaign what he meant or asked the DeSantis campaign what he meant when he said uh, uh, abortions after birth. And he gave some mealy mouth answer, but he didn't even challenge that. And that's where we are with press coverage. But I think, you know, you're right in a, in a way that's just absolutely chilling. Here we have a man who has committed outrageous offenses against the country, who a jury of his peers said was guilty of, as Judge Kaplan made it clear, rape, even if it didn't quite qualify under the very narrow definition of New York law, it was rape and sexual assault. Uh, a man who knows nothing about policy. A woman asked him a question about a pipeline, and instead of saying "I have no idea what you're talking about," he went into his usual word salad. And the most recent polls show him still getting 44 or 45 percent of the votes nationwide. With the tri- the cancer of tribalism has become so bad, but also the way the press has framed this has made it much more difficult for people who don't follow this on a daily or hourly basis to really get the gravity of the crimes here. That's where we need not just trials, but we need trials that are televised or at minimum where at least you have the audio. And it's pretty clear we're not going to get any of those things in Florida. Uh, Now, you know, it's, uh, as I talk to experienced prosecutors These are cases, especially the documents case, because it involves classified material that don't go to trial on a speedy basis. That's why even uh, Jack Smith and the government have suggested a fairly lengthy time before beginning. Um, But we also know Judge Cannon, uh, even if she every once in a while says something to say, see, look, I'm objective, is uh, going to push this probably until after the election, and we have to hope that we have a judge who moves forward more quickly um, in D.C. What we also know is that Jack Smith has another um, weapon, which is bringing a case in New Jersey for documents at Bedminster. So there's Mm -hmm. more to come, but we're not going to get much of this resolved until we are very deep into election season. And, uh, you know, we're seeing some Republican or right wing groups, the Koch brothers and others who are trying to get a little distance from Donald uh, only because they think pragmatically that he would be a wounded duck in a general election campaign. Um, And my guess is they're also pouring lots of money into no labels uh, to provide that backstop. Another subject to talk about. But we're headed for rocky times, even though we can feel some great sense of relief that finally justice is knocking at the door of this horror story. Of a-
1: yeah, it's knocking. <laughs> is anybody going to answer yeah. the door? Um, and, and you're right in terms of canon. She's a political hack and she has the excuse of the classification of the documents to to use as a delay tactic. So uh, I do think that's why we're in some ways um, having to hope that the January 6th case moves more quickly, which is in some ways is, I mean, even though the documents case is incredibly straightforward, he stole documents that didn't belong to him. Right? I, I, I'm, as I continue to be mystified that anybody thinks that it's more complicated than that. But um, I guess when you're talking about serious uh, national security issues and implications then then it it, it gets a little more cloudy. Um, but uh, I just wanted to go back to something you said earlier uh, when in response to my saying that um, the entirety of the Republican Party is willing to get behind this candidacy of Donald. Um, what's also true is they're willing to get to behind the candidacy of any any of the current candidates, who have the mo- the remotest chance of getting the nomination, which is like not even one, quite honestly. Um, but let's say something happens and you've got DeSantis as your front runner. Uh, we are looking at a party that seems to be in a race. Uh, and right now the three people, the two people at- at leading the race are DeSantis and Greg Abbott in Texas to see who can be the most vile, cruel, human being on the planet. And uh, part of part of why we continue to be faced with their actions is because there seems to be absolutely no mechanism. Apparently, all you need to do in order to get away with kidnapping, uh, attempted murder, murder and assault is to be a a governor of a red state.
0: Yeah. And of course, what we saw this week with Greg Abbott is that he's inching ahead in the lead for most vile and sadistic, putting not just razor wire, but other uh, nets and things into the Rio Grande designed to drown people coming over. And we had a pregnant woman who got caught in the razor wire and lost uh, the uh, fetus. And I, I actually, my first reaction was, well, maybe one of us can make ten thousand dollars now as a bounty, uh, uh, accusing him of uh, an abortion. Um, but uh, to do that, to kill people who are just trying to get asylum, uh, is it's Putin level sadism. Uh, it's yes. it's uh, really just beyond the pale. I you know I'm a little I'm concerned um, about. The possibility that they will settle on somebody who seems less threatening than Trump or DeSantis. Um, I'm already seeing some people trying to jockey, looking at DeSantis falling apart, to get Glenn Youngkin into the race. Glenn Youngkin, Tim Scott, are try. uh, You know, Youngkin has said he's not going to do it, but he can jump in in a nanosecond. He is a uh, a seemingly Uh, kinder and gentler, fleece fleece vest wearing, uh, Trumpist in full, racist Trumpist. Tim Scott, who uh, is affable and African-American, would appeal to some, he is a full-blown Trumpist uh, in every respect. So there's no difference here except that Trump is worse because his whole focus would be retribution and selling out America to the dictators of the world. And uh, those who say, well, he may be saying nice things about Putin, but look at his tough stance on China. And the other day he said, boy, gee, what I, look at what he's able to do. So impressive. He loves every one of these vicious dictators, and those are the ones he wants to emulate. So he would be worse. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking about a, a difference uh, that is between death by hanging and death by guillotine uh, when it looks uh, to these uh, other candidates. I I also can't fail to mention how disgusted I am in a continuing way with Kevin McCarthy and the other uh, House leader, Trump Lickspittle, Elise Stefanik. Trump calls them up, Donald calls them up and uh, says, jump now, and it's a question of how high you jump. And for McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, to basically defend Trump on January 6th, to say that this is all a conspiracy, um, is just beyond vile itself.
1: Well, especially given the fact that he was there, and he knew that their lives were in danger, and he was furious. He was just screaming into the phone for Donald to do something. So it's, <clears throat> it's just <clears throat> breathtaking. The extent to which they're willing to lie to our faces. while they know they're lying and we know they're lying.
0: That's why that's lickspittle really has hard. become my favorite go-to word.
1: It's a great <laughs> word. And it describes basically yeah, all of yeah.
0: that. And that's, uh, you know, the the utter lack of moral courage um, reading a piece the other day about how some Senate Republicans, all except Lisa Murkowski, uh, uh, under the veil of anonymity, saying, Oh my God, we're concerned here. This uh, right wing populism is taking over our party and it's terrible and we don't know what to do about it. But of course, they don't know what to do about it, it means they stand by silently and vote along with them every time. It's, it's, uh, I just continue to be gobsmacked. Some of these people I've worked with in the past, some of them in a different era would be just standard issue conservative Republicans, maybe moderately conservative Republicans, problem-solving people. They have all sold their souls to the devil. In Alaska now, they're facing an enormous crisis because, The salmon population is dying because of the heated seas. That means the whales are dying. They're going to have a catastrophe on their hands, economic and otherwise. And what do we get? Uh, Climate change? It's a hoax. I mean, this is where the party, which is a cult, is taking us and the consequences are bad for democracy they're also bad for basically whether we're still going to be alive in another generation
1: yeah yeah it th- this is this is um the problem that has been an undercurrent for all of this since the beginning i mean i remember talking about this in 2020 people would say you know when it was still a question and and again because the country, it's not because the country is polarized. It's not 50-50. It's like 60-40, 65-35. It's because the system is so broken and it's so, well, not broken. It's working just fine because its it was set up for the benefit of the minority rural white people um, and small states. Uh, but, you know, we... Because of the Electoral College, because the Senate is not a de- democratic institution, elections are never a clear cut anymore. There's always, it's always just the, the, the tiniest of margins. So uh, back in September, October 2020, when we really couldn't be sure if Joe Biden was going to win, which, by the way, everybody watching and listening, is an obscenity. The idea that we are still worried that somebody like Donald Trump or quite frankly, any Republican could win the presidential race is an obscenity. It's a stain on this country. And I only hope we have the opportunity to fix it down the road. But, you know, people say, well, listen, it'll take time but we'll get our democracy back. And my response was always, we don't have time because the climate catastrophe clock is ticking. We don't have the luxury of four decades of authoritarianism in which climate change continues to be denied and rights continue to be eroded. And, you know, the the civil service continues to be stacked with cronies and sycophants. We don't have time. Uh And what you're just pointing to in Alaska, plus the fact that I've barely been able to go outside the last few weeks because there are wildfires (laughs) raging in Canada, and the air quality in New York is so bad that people with asthma really shouldn't be breathing.
0: No, and of course, what we've seen, uh, another example of Greg Abbott's uh, sadistic behavior is denying uh, construction workers and others who have to be outside in temperatures that are going up to 120 degrees, denying them water breaks. And we've already seen at least one die. Now, you know, as you reflect on uh, uh, the uh, decades of authoritarianism, there was another thing that struck me this week, which is the Florida Board of Education is rewriting uh, the classroom guidelines in which they're basically saying slavery enabled all of these people to learn skills like carpentry. It's like, oh, it's like an apprenticeship. Uh, That's what slavery was. And I, you know, my response to that was Goebbels would be proud of what Mm -hmm. DeSantis and his cronies have done. But that's a taste of what, uh, not just four generations, a year or two of a dictatorship would would bring us. Uh, Let me pivot to that hearing, and it, like almost every hearing in the House, it uh, as I watched the Democrats on the panel led by their superstar, Jamie Raskin, but including uh, just a host of, uh, of others, almost all of them, um, against uh, Comer, uh, James Comer, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Jim Jordan. It was a little bit like uh, the Harlem Globetrotters against the Washington Generals. The Republicans okay. were way out ahead of their skis when it came to uh, the blockbusters they were going to deliver. They were not prepared. They are uh, in Congress not because they know or care anything about policy, because they dig deep into realities, but because uh, they're along for the radical ride to authoritarianism. And of course, what they've decided to do, I'm sure urged on by Donald, um, is to turn everything that they have into a focus on Hunter Biden and the alleged horrible scandals um, uh, and while there is no doubt that Hunter Biden in the throes of his deep addiction did some horrific things, uh, and is going to, uh, have a record as a consequence, he was never in government. And the contrast with Ivanka and Jared and Donald Jr. And Eric and what they did. Many of them serving in government, others running an inaugural uh, event, um, makes you know it's it's like uh, one instance of jaywalking against uh, assault, battery, and uh, and uh, attempted murder. Uh, but obviously, they're going to continue to do this because it provides a distraction and it gets a lot of news coverage. What an embarrassment!
1: Yeah, it's embarrassing, it's worse than embarrassing. Um and it, it to me it's more like somebody jaywalking uh versus a bunch of serial killers who keep getting granted power to continue uh being ser- serial killers. Um it's, I think the contrast is intentional. Um I we saw this with Donald's rise in 2016. Uh it was This sense that, you know, you can, you Democrats can elect uh, a brilliant scholarly uh, black man to be president. And we will come back and um, give you the absolute worst of what we have just to show you that the worst of us will always be, you know, better than the best of you. Uh, And that also worked in terms of uh, sexism because I, I don't really uh, care what anybody thinks about Hillary Clinton as a human being as, as a candidate. I, I'm sorry. Her her credentials were impeccable. She actually had credentials unlike her opponent. (laughs) So, um, I think that they're continuing to throw in our faces that they don't have to be good. They don't have to be smart. They don't have to care. They are going to push through whatever vile uh, proposals they want to. They're going to put on a show. This is their bread and circuses. And uh, the rest of us, I think it's to also to demoralize us because it's demoralizing to see the United States Congress abused in this way. But it reminds me of the real problem here. Marjorie Taylor Greene, first of all, why is she not in handcuffs? She just committed a crime. Um, So I, I I don't understand. Uh, Revenge porn is a very serious crime. Plus the fact you have all of these faux evangelical, white evangelical Christians going on about morality. I'm, guessing that they what they were totally cool with having pornography sent to them via email by their congressperson, I, they're just the hypocrisy is, is appalling. But the point is the reason we're dealing with her, the reason we're dealing with Jim Jordan, Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, the reason why we're still grappling with the existence of Donald Trump is because people vote for them. We can't escape the fact that tens of millions of Americans are just as cruel, just as petty, just as immature, just as, you know, trapped in these prepubescent fantasies of revenge that they want these these people, once they're in positions of power, to carry out for them. They don't care about democracy. They don't understand what this country is supposed to be. They don't care about other people's rights and they keep voting accordingly. That's the real tragedy and concern here.
0: You know, as uh, uh, that is so true and so uh, unsettling. I was actually thinking the other day with what Greg Abbott is doing about Kyle Rittenhouse. You get a, a kid who goes out with malign intent, murders people, and is now a hero, and they're obviously grooming him for office down the road. When you have tribalism at the level we have it, you're going to get people who view their adversaries, and that includes uh, asylum seekers, undocumented people, as well as liberals, as subhuman, less than human. And so you can torture them. You can shoot them. You can say that the subhumans, as they see it, who were slaves, actually... Did well and enjoyed it. Um, you can rewrite and, and should be grateful. You yeah. yeah, should, be, should great. be grateful. You can rewrite history in that fashion. And right. it just takes us back. Uh, the analogies are inevitable to 1930s Germany. You know, this highly educated, sophisticated society, the most sophisticated on earth, sliding into uh, inhumanity. Uh, on a massive scale. And we're uh, in danger, not, I think, of having a Holocaust, but of having a really awful descent into madness in this country that will be supported by a sizable share of the population and accepted by an even larger share of people who are passive about it and then might get more into it. And it's uh, not inevitable, but we have to worry about it. You know, you mentioned Hillary Clinton, Mary. Uh, the margin of, of victory for Donald Trump in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, the pivotal states, was less than the number of votes that Jill Stein got on the Green Party ticket. And we know Jill Stein was sitting next to Vladimir Putin at an infamous dinner in Moscow. We don't know exactly where she got her support, but we know plenty of it came from Republicans and uh, those on the right who thought that it would help Trump. Uh, And this time around, we have no labels, which is aiming to help elect a Republican as president, which has said... They only want somebody in the middle because we have two extreme, strong possibilities portraying Joe Biden as an extremist in the same vein as Donald Trump is. And then they release their centrist platform, which is mostly platitudes. But 90% of what they're calling for is what Joe Biden has supported. So there's, and they refuse to say where their money is coming from. But we have a pretty clear idea that very substantial amounts of it are coming from right-wing billionaires trying to manipulate the process. And then we have a an embarrassing egomaniac in Cornell West trying to run and maybe capturing at least some share. And we're only talking about the need to move at the margins votes in a handful of pivotal states. It's uh we could well end up in a situation where a clear majority of Americans do not want a Donald Trump, a Ron DeSantis, or another Trumpist in office, but they still win because of these outsiders. Yeah.
1: Because of the outsiders who were playing the rigged system. Um, you know, if we were just dealing with a popular vote, I wouldn't care uh, If, if a... An egomaniac, a clueless egomaniac like Cornell West or Mar- Marion Williamson was running, I wouldn't care at all. Uh, I wouldn't. Ca- I'd care a little bit more about neural labels, but um, not nearly as much. Uh, so that I think we have a. We continue to 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 be stuck in the same dynamic. The uh, the opposition. It has all of these institutional advantages, which, uh, you know, it seemed, I don't know, maybe I'm just being cynical, but it, it's begun to feel more and more like uh, the worst people always have a leg up on the rest of us, um, you know, uh, and that's definitely how it feels in the context of our electoral institutions. Um And you have a media that can't even be bothered to say in response to the despicable lies of Ron DeSantis, nobody is, there's, first of all, there's no such thing as an abortion after birth. That's called infanticide. Nobody's doing that. And the only late-term abortions being performed are for women who desperately want to have their children, but for whatever reason... The the fetus is medically unviable. And the only outcome, if an abortion isn't performed, is that both of them will die. How hard is that? How hard is that? So the media continues to play its stupid horse race games. And then, of course, we have the, the still troubling failure of many, many people in power in the Democratic Party not to fight hard enough. You know, I don't. I don't know the ins and outs of this. I don't know if how hard it is. Uh, I don't know the mechanisms. But if it were up to me, there would be fifteen, fifteen justices on the Supreme Court yesterday. I why you know we just can't, well they're on the court already. What are you going to do? Well, it's nine justices. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? They're destroying the very fabric of democracy. You're going to stop them by any means necessary. That's what you're going to do, Democrats. You know, it's so it's it's stuff like that, Norm. It's it's as if many of them don't really recognize the threat and they don't see this as 1930s Germany. They don't see the signs uh, that are like they're not subtle anymore. They're literally in neon flashing in the sky. Uh, This is a fascist party and a fascist movement, and if left unimpeded, they will do things to this country that would have been unimaginable eight years ago.
0: You're so right. And, you know, the two things I've mentioned, the moral cowardice of mainstream so-called Republicans, the other thing that just uh, continually hits me in the face is a press corps that learns nothing, absolutely nothing. You know, as you mentioned, the uh, uh, late-term abortions, we had an instance the other day of a woman who could not get an abortion, had a, uh, a fetus that was completely unviable, forced to bring this child to term, and the child went through agony after being born and died, you know, an hour later, uh, it, it was actually the cruelty to this poor child, this fetus and child, that uh, for people who call themselves pro life, uh, it's pro death. And that this is not uh, something that reporters and commentators call out when it, it's a blood libel repeated by Iran DeSantis, when they treat All of this as a typical horse race, and it's all about who's ahead and who's behind and why Trump is doing as well as he is or what's happening to DeSantis without examining the consequences is chilling. Um, That's probably a good uh, place at which to end this portion of our show. Uh, For those of you who are regulars, you know that we have two components to our show, One, a little bonus section that we're going to turn to in a moment, is for those who uh, subscribe to the DSR network. It's a small amount of money, but then you get access not just to this, but a whole lot of other content from a remarkable group of people. Uh, For those of you who are leaving us now, uh, I hope you'll continue to tune in. And for the others, we'll be back in a moment.